This is the Investor Guys podcast. Bill, how you doing? Good to see you. Actually, we're, we're switched today, and I uh, tried to fix that, except that it says I have to close once. Too much to figure out right now. How you doing? I'm doing excellent, my friend, and looking very snazzy there in the, uh, the new studio, the new Investor Guys podcast studio <laughs> side. Thought I'd step up, stop up, step up our game. So, well, you did a great job there. It looks terrific. Thank you. Very, virtual, very good. Virtual studio. Yep. What's our I topic for today? today uh, that uh, this guy has invented for podcasters like ourselves. That's the green screen, but it's a round green screen that's designed to slip on the back of your chair and it goes right behind you. And I, it was very cool. I didn't say how much it cost or anything, but like, you gotta love the ingenuity that people have, and uh, but the background looks absolutely terrific. So very, uh, very, very cool, brother. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> All right, so you brother, picked uh, <laughs> not Robert. No, you brother. picked the no. I, I thought you said Robert. Uh, you picked the topic. So uh, let me know how you want to get it started. Um, I actually, if I if I'm in and out, it's because I'm wearing these here because with this new setup, sorry, I'm turning off that phone. With this new setup, I get like a, a reverb and an echo when I do it the normal way. So I got to figure that out still. Cool. So I, I don't hear you, you as loud, can, and, you will. loud and clear uh, as I normally do. So go ahead and kick it off. What are we going to talk about today? So, you know, one of the things that we mentioned all this uh, prior to uh, the election and prior to the inauguration, but now we're actually into the inauguration and, um, you know, into all of this stuff uh, happening. This is the first show that we've done post-inauguration. We had no, one last... broadcast last Thursday, but the first one that we've recorded. Okay. Is that not correct? Uh, I don't know. I, I've been so so out of it this last week. I, I don't know. What's, what's sure today's that... date? Today's the 26th? Today's the 25th. 25th, we had yeah. a show that aired on the 20th, but we recorded it on the day before. So it aired on the 21st and we recorded it on the 20th. Okay. So, so uh, whatever, um, there had not been enough time for there to be any jobs destroyed. Uh, I mean, for any action to be taken, there has been. Um, so one of the very first things that uh, happened under the Biden administration was the uh, temporarily halting 90 days. And of course, uh, when you halt something like this, you all know what this is. That, that's just uh, trying to make it easier for us to swallow at the moment. Uh, it's a permanent deal, but um, that's not how it's sold and packaged. So is the pipeline. Keystone uh, XL are, pipeline, yes. Yeah, we are no longer going to be an energy independent uh, country. Uh, they think that's uh, a good thing. Um, being in a um, oil and gas state, uh, obviously I have very different feelings as I'm sure the people in Pennsylvania who were told time and time again that they would not halt fracking uh, and they didn't for almost two hours. Um, so uh, there's a lot of jobs that are going away and that's just the start of it. 
Um, and then we also have troops in Syria now guarding oil fields. Now, how this makes any sense that we're sending American troops to guard foreign oil fields while we shut down uh, American oil production. Uh, the point of that is there were a whole bunch of jobs very quickly uh, eliminated. Yeah. And that's so going 90s... to have a ripple effect and continue to cost more and more jobs. And there are going to be a lot more things done because it doesn't matter what side you're on here. Uh, one of the directions that uh, the administration wants to have is they want to have all of us totally dependent on the government as uh, much as they can. So that being the case, how do you play in the system so that you can continue to move forward as an investor and as a family unit, as a company, how can you continue to grow in that environment? Well, I wouldn't want to open a restaurant, uh, but if you're out there providing government housing, and you've heard us talk about this time and time again, and we're going to continue to, because it is going to be the forefront of the real estate business, period. If you're thinking anything else, you need to go stick your head in a bucket of ice and get awake. It's not. This is where the real estate market is headed. You cannot stop the government from putting it there. Uh, and so how do we take advantage of this environment and the only way you can do that is by providing section eight housing so there's a, I, we started talking about this i've mentioned it back during the summer that uh, if there were a biden win that we were going to see an explosion in the section eight housing market that it was going the demand on it was going to skyrocket uh, and here we are less than a week into the Biden administration, and you can see that jobs are being cut and they will continue to be cut, which is dependence on the government. Uh, and there's also now talk of maybe $2,000 a month um, in government stipends for the next 12 months. You know, it's to get people addicted to free money so that uh, if I'm controlling everything that you have, um, it's pretty easy to control you. So we need to be taking uh, into consideration for our investing business. If this is where the market is going, how do you get into, we refer to it as the flow of money. How do you get into the flow of money? Well, the flow of money from the real estate market will continue to move forward into government housing you want to get in the flow of money. Section eight is a great way to do that, whether it's single family or multifamily. It's a right at seven minutes here, Kev, sir. We will uh, take a uh, quick break take a, for- Take a quick uh, break and we'll be back. See you guys in just a minute. Hi, I'm Kevin Mills, host of the Investors Real Estate Radio Show and co-host of the Investor Guys podcast. I am an active real estate investor as well as a real estate educator. And I have people come to me all the time asking for recommendations for reading. What books should they get to help them better understand real estate investing? Without pause, one of the books I always recommend is Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? by my good friend, Bill Barnett, who's also my co-host on Investor Guys Podcast. Now, I used to recommend this book even before we used to co-host Investor Guys Podcast because it is a well-written, insightful book. It gives you a look into Bill's life at a period of time when he was trying to figure out 
what he wanted to do uh, as far as investing. He knew he wanted to invest, but he was trying to get a grip on what it was that he wanted to do. So you'll understand why he chose real estate investing, and you'll see his process that he went through step by step. Uh, Bill also offers a lot of insights, and at the end of the book, he gives you recommendations and challenges to get started. If you are interested in receiving your copy of Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich, don't just run right out to the bookstore right now. Don't jump on Amazon and, and get your copy. I'm going to give you a free copy. Go to www.investorguyspodcast.com. That's investorguyspodcast.com. Give us your email and we will send you your free copy of the Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich ebook. You can read it on your tablet, your cell phone, your computer, your Kindle, whatever it is, it will be a digital file that you can have and share. Uh, this is absolutely free. All we ask is that you give us your email address. Uh, we will send you periodically uh, emails about show topics that are coming up, uh, a newsletter, uh, workshops, events that we're going to be appearing in that'll be coming up that uh, we hope you'll be interested in, in reading about. So real easy, www.investorguyspodcast.com for your free digital copy of Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? And we're back. You know what, Bill, you're talking about the Excel pipeline and the impact of that is literally 9,700 jobs, 9,700 jobs gone from, from just that one act. Now we are also, you, you didn't mention, and this is something your, your state is taking pretty seriously. Your governor is Abbott is actually suing uh, the Biden administration. Uh, they are halting construction on the border wall. That is another 10,000 jobs that are impacted by that. Uh, whether or not you agree with the border wall or not, okay? The border wall was a wall with entrances and exits to control the flow of people through it. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the politics of the wall, but 10,000 jobs was a good thing. There's also all that steel that was already ordered for that border wall. Um, millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of steel that will just sit there either having someone pay storage on it or that will be lost for scrap. Uh, the other thing you're forgetting, Bill, is the $15 an hour minimum wage. The nonpartisan uh, budget department for the Senate, for the House, uh, figured out that as soon as that is passed, if it's passed, 1.7 million jobs will be lost. Well, I think it'd be almost foolish on our part to think that it's not going to pass. But just keep that in mind. That's an additional, in addition to this, those, those 20,000 jobs that we're talking about, which is really just a drop in the bucket when you compare yeah. it to 1.7. And they said within the next four years, it could equate to 3.7 million jobs lost just by making it a mandatory $15 an hour. Now, here's the other thing to keep in mind, more than just the lost jobs, we're talking about everything going up in cost, okay? If you now have to pay everybody that is working $15 an hour, your Big Mac is not gonna cost you $6 anymore. It's gonna cost you $20. Uh, everything is going to cost you more because that's the only way that they can sustain that, that business model. No, no one can work for free. You know, We've no already seen gas at a deficit. So, We've already seen yeah, gas. Gas is already going up. 50 cents just yes. in the last few days. So um, what you want to do is act now. Strike 
now while you still can before costs go up start getting into properties that you can yep. get before the before the cost goes up because what's going to happen is more people lose their jobs there's going to be a greater demand for housing people aren't going to be able to afford to live in a house they're not going to be able to afford the down payments they're going to have to rent it's 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 a reality that we have seen over and over and over again in situations that weren't this dire and this this extreme and i'm not trying to run around saying the sky is falling the sky is falling the sky is falling you can, I can watch say that for you you can watch the news and see what's what's happening. So, um, you know, here's the thing, I, and I've been telling Bill this for for a month now. You know, cross your fingers and hope for the best. Cross your fingers, hope for the best. Um, we we each have our own opinions, and 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 they're actually pretty similar, to be honest. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I pray every day that things will turn out differently than than the way I am seeing them happen. But the reality of it is, and this is not my opinion, this isn't Bill's opinion. The reality of it is people are losing their jobs. Yeah. And no matter, no matter who the administration was, even if it was Trump that was still in office, okay? Section eight is a good, solid strategy. We saw that just in this last year, in 2020, when people weren't able to pay their rent, section eight was still getting paid. Those of us with Section 8 properties were still getting our rent payments from Uncle Sam. Uh, that's not going to change. If if something happens and, you know, in four years, we're able to ride this four years out, whatever the next administration is, we're still going to get those Section 8 payments. We're never going to be able to saturate the market so much that there is not going to be a demand for Section 8. No matter how you look at it, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you cut it, no matter who's in office okay section eight is a solid solid investment strategy uh, even if you like other things even if you have other types of strategies that you like hedge them with your section eight strategies and we talked about that in the show a couple of shows ago uh, it's just bill and i cannot tell you strongly enough how important uh, it is for you to have section eight as part of your strategies in your portfolio and if you're a flipper and you're in the middle of a rehab right now, you are walking out of Lowe's and Home Depot and Ace and wherever it is that you get your supplies from, uh, probably with sticker shock going on because of the rapid, shocking increase in building materials. Uh, so when you look at, uh, we, we were, Kevin and I were talking about studs the other day and uh, how here in the Metroplex, um, just in the last week, studs were five and six dollars a piece. And then Kevin was saying down where they are, it's ten dollars. Uh, so, and that's not going to change it. I just, I was looking at fence slats and just about fell over. I was like, oh, you know, fence slats are about as um, a rudimentary piece of uh, lumber as you can get. Uh, and it's just shocking the cost that is just skyrocketing on all of these building materials. So uh, again, that's going to push us toward uh, what is a more vibrant market for investing. Well, that's going to be governmental housing, uh, where we have to do um, no to little rehabs to get the property in proper shape. Uh, you may have to spend some money, but you're not... Uh, if you're looking at going in and having to do, 
you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of rehab, go buy something else. Don't stay away from that property. There's too many properties out there. Yeah, uh, and let somebody do that that uh, still thinks the flip market for the time being uh, is a viable market. Uh, so, and we see our profits just shrinking as we uh, are standing looking at our houses. We see our flip profits uh, shrinking right now. So there's a, a little bit more about. Now, how the impact is going to be, where the impact's coming from, how you take advantage of it. We'll get into that when we come back for segment three right here on the Investor Guys podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. Hi, I'm Kevin Mills, host of the Investors Real Estate Radio Show and co-host of the Investor Guys podcast. I'm an active real estate investor as well as a real estate educator. And I have people come to me all the time asking for recommendations for reading. What books should they get to help them better understand real estate investing? Without pause, one of the books I always recommend is Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? by my good friend, Bill Barnett, who's also my co-host on Investor Guys Podcast. Now, I used to recommend this book even before we used to co-host Investor Guys Podcast because it is a well-written, insightful book. It gives you a look into Bill's life at a period of time when he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do uh, as far as investing. He knew he wanted to invest, but he was trying to get a grip on what it was that he wanted to do. So you'll understand why he chose real estate investing, and you'll see his process that he went through step by step. Uh, Bill also offers a lot of insights, and at the end of the book, he gives you recommendations and challenges to get started. If you are interested in receiving your copy of Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? Don't just run right out to the bookstore right now. Don't jump on Amazon and, and get your copy. I'm going to give you a free copy. Go to www.investorguyspodcast.com. That's investorguyspodcast.com. Give us your email and we will send you your free copy of the Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? ebook. You can read it on your tablet, your cell phone, your computer, your Kindle, whatever it is, it will be a digital file that you can have and share. Uh, this is absolutely free. All we ask is that you give us your email address. Uh, we will send you periodically uh, emails about show topics that are coming up, uh, a newsletter, uh, workshops, events that we're going to be appearing in that'll be coming up that uh, we hope you'll be interested in, in reading about. So real easy www.investorguyspodcast.com for your free digital copy of Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? And we're back. And one of the points that Bill was making before we left is the cost of building materials, actually your cost of groceries, your cost of everything is going to go up because as the cost of oil goes up, transportation costs are going to go up. Not only that, but I don't think a lot of people realize how much petroleum plays a part in our life. Uh, our cleaning supplies, um, our building materials, absolutely, solvents, um, grease, oil, uh, plastic that we, you know, that we drink our, our water out of, plastic that we store our, our food in, plastic that we buy our food in, all of those are petroleum products. There's, as, as weird as it seems, toothpaste is a petroleum product, you know, medicines are petroleum products. There are so much that comes from petroleum. So when anything happens that affects the value of that petroleum, you know, increases the value or, or, or as we've seen literally just not even a year ago, uh, cause that value to go down. Everything was more affordable. It was more affordable to get gas. It was oil 
actually came down in price. The quart of oil for your oil change came down in price. Um, we're seeing literally, even before, because a lot of people knew that that was going to happen. Before that happened, we saw the, the value of gas and oil and all those products going up. And it's, it's a trend that is not going to go away as long as the cost is there. And if we have to import those products from other countries, they have us over a barrel. They can decide how much they want to charge us. And they're going to charge us as much as they can because they know that it's, it's, it's cyclical. Sooner or later, uh, something's going to happen. We're not going to, we're not going to be able to buy it from them anymore. You know, we're not going to need the gas to drive to work because we don't have jobs, whatever the situation is. Uh, they're going to charge as much as they can. We saw it happen in the 70s when OPEC was formed. Uh, we've seen it happen cyclically since. Uh, it's just unfortunately a fact of life right now that we're going to have to deal with as Americans in America. As investors, we need to, uh, we talked about this literally a week or so ago, we need to decide what we're going to do, how we're going to safeguard our investments, how we're going to safeguard our uh, investing strategies and not just for real estate, for any other business that you have. You need to figure out how it's going to fit into this, I hate to say new world order, but that's essentially what they're setting up is, is a different world order for us to be in at least for four years, if not longer. Um, you have to figure out how you're going to adapt to that because if we don't adapt, we're going to fall by the wayside and we're going to be looking for Section 8 housing ourselves. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that we haven't even touched on is the fact that uh, in the previous four years, we've been building this, we talked about the wall, but we've been building an economic wall between us and China. Um, we would be silly to think that that is going to continue. Um, the new administration will be opening up uh, relations to buddy up uh, with China. Uh, and what is that going to do? It is going to cost jobs. And when it costs jobs, it's going to drive the price of things up. And every time there are jobs lost and price increases, that means more people end up on Section 8 housing. And they're, they're going to end up with food stamps and other types of programs as well. But Section 8 housing is going to be a mainstay, a staple of those governmental benefits that are being provided. And it's a, it's a nasty circle, because how do you pay for that? You pay for that by going up on taxes for you and I, uh, and that it just creates and, and feeds on itself and it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, so you have to be in a position where uh, you're in the flow of those funds and providing service to other people uh, and Section 8 is the way that you do that. Uh, you can think that, gee, these, this is the only thing these guys ever talk about. It is the strategy for today. Uh, and when we say today, we just don't mean today, today. We mean uh, it has been a solid strategy. It is now the focal point strategy. And don't kid yourself if you think otherwise. So there are other strategies as well. Uh, we'll probably spend some time here in the future getting more into self-storage because that's a strategy that uh, will blossom, always does as the rental market goes up, the self-storage market goes up as well. They go hand in hand. Uh, so that's gonna continue to go up. And as we see these things, it's just, if you'll keep in mind, how do I stay in the flow of money? 
Yeah, that's uh, just one of the crucial things about investing. If you understand where the profits are, then you don't have to make all of them, but you have to get into the flow of where those profits are coming from. So yeah. Section 8, multifamily. Uh, and again, that's for us, that's going to be Section 8. Also self-storage. Uh, if you can get into low-income development, uh, that's going to be a great place to look at uh, being able to be in the flow of money right now today, solid strategy, solid strategy moving forward. And in doing that, because everything that's going to happen that's going to cost jobs is going to increase pricing. All of that creates more demand for government subsidy for housing. And if you understand that, and if you look at what's happening, uh, and you look at what you think is going to be happening, then you go, okay, uh, that's the market that I want to be involved in because that's the market that I can, can continue to profit from. Uh, and I can provide service and I can uh, be paid very nicely in the process of doing that. And so we just, we strongly urge you to take a look at what's going on. How do I benefit from that? There's always something good uh, if you take the time to look for it. How do I benefit from that? Uh, and then come down and spend some time with us. So I've been yeah. hogging the show today, Kim. Sorry. That's okay. I, I I know you got that bully pulpit you wanna you wanna share. I I, I get it. Um, another thing too worth mentioning is Biden is signing a executive order that's going to increase SNAP benefits. SNAP benefits is is food stamps. For, for those of us who, who don't use, who don't know the difference. Um, so food food stamps and SNAP are the same thing. Uh, he has signed an executive order that's going to expand those. So the next step literally is the rest of the social services, which is section it is a social service. Uh, here's the thing. I, I know this this, should, this has been a depressing show <laughs> and, and I get it, but here's the thing, no matter what, Section eight is a good strategy and it, it puts you in the, the, the flow of cash. When things were great and I had section eight properties, I still did great. When things are bad and I have section eight properties, I still do great. Uh, here's, here's the good thing about section eight as a strategy. Really, if you understand the numbers and you're buying the right properties and you're putting them in the right markets and you're putting the right people in there. You can't go wrong with Section 8. I have so many people say, why did you choose Section 8? A lot of people want, they want something glamorous. They want to, they want to do this, you know, sparkling high rises or something like that. Money to me is glamorous. I would rather have guaranteed money in the bank uh, than say, hey, see that uh, sparkling high rise? I, I own a couple of condos in there. I owned, you know, I, I helped build it, whatever it is. I'd rather have those sparkling... What's that? The empty that building. Empty building. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that happened when we had a, uh, a meltdown in 2007, 2008. The, the Florida market, for example, where I am, okay, it stayed really, really strong. But Miami overbuilt condos. There were condos that sat empty for years and years and years because they, they had overbuilt them. Ironically, I don't know if you know this, Bill, if you paid attention, those same condos that sat empty for years are now selling for like two and three million dollars a piece. Um, so things come back. I mean, it, 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 we see it. That's proof. The problem is 
or not the problem, but the challenge is making sure that we're in the right place at the right time, making sure that we had, you know, one of those condos and sold it before it sat there uh, on the market for three years uh, versus having section eight that's going to bring rent in every single month. And here's the, the great thing about section eight, the other great thing about section eight, you can buy properties that are very, very affordable and they are perfect for section eight. That, that makes it, that's the best fit. Uh, as always, we've run long. Um, any final words there, Bill? No, sir. Uh, hey, thanks for being with us today. And, and just understand, not trying to be doom and gloom, uh, not trying to do a, a depressing show, just trying to, to be realistic with, uh, pay attention to what's happening. And then how does it affect your business? I mean, all of us that are in business, and if you've ever been in another business or, or you're in a, another business now, it's not real estate. We look at that the same way. We're always looking at what is happening in the economic world around us and how does that impact my business? Kevin and I are no different with real estate. We pay attention to the things that are happening, not only in the real estate world, but outside the real estate world that are going to impact us and how does that affect us? And then how do we find uh, a profitable strategy that fits into the circumstances that are going on? Everything is connected. So, all right, Bill, thank you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We'll see you again thanks, everybody. on Thursday. And uh, as always, if you have any questions, send us an email, contact investorguyspodcast.com, contact at investorguyspodcast.com. And we will look for you on Thursday. See you.